Welcome to Perennials, a podcast about growing up, getting wise, and trying to live a good life. I'm Victoria Russell. It's been about a month since I posted an episode, um, and I think in that episode I said something about being more consistent and more regular and communicating more about posting episodes, and then I just went silent for a month and haven't even really been able to post on Instagram or anything like that, and I wanted to just do a mini episode this week to talk about why that is. Um, the very first episode of this podcast was called The Wisdom of Anxiety, and I interviewed my aunt Cheryl Paul, who's a great therapist and expert on anxiety, and we talked about our own struggles with anxiety a little bit, and I talked about it more so in the past tense, I think. <laughs> um, but to be honest, my anxiety has been really bad the past few months especially, but I feel like it's been building um, quietly and for a long time. And it's so interesting because I started off this podcast wanting to talk about, well, I said it just a few, just a minute ago in the intro, growing up, getting wise and trying to live a good life. And my initial intention was like, I really wanted to talk about being in the weeds of growing up, being in the thick of having all these questions, making mistakes, like not knowing necessarily how things are going to go. And I wanted to talk to people who have wisdom to share, to try to learn from them. But I also wanted to be honest about how messy it is to grow up as a human at any age, like whatever you're trying to grow into. That's why I ask every get almost every guest at the end of the episode, like, what are you learning about or growing into right now? Because my guests have been a whole range of ages from like, you know, 21 to 50s or whatever. So, um, but I believe that we're all always kind of growing and learning. And that's not a neat and clean and tidy process, but I've realized the extent to which I am a perfectionist and how deeply I just want to be good and perfect and easy and pleasing and fine. And, you know, I, I, on the website for the podcast, I have a little, I have a page where I talk a little bit about the story behind the podcast. And I mentioned having a really difficult time right after I graduated from college. And it was a really tough year or two in particular that, that first, um, those first two years out of college where I was really trying to run from everything that I was feeling. I was trying to run from anxiety and, and after like the first, you know, the past couple of years, I feel like I've been trying to just be like, I'm good. I'm good now. I, you know, I figured that out and I'm not going to go back there. I'm not going to go back to panic attacks and I'm not going to go back to being afraid of and avoiding things. And I'm not going to go back to, you know, drinking too much in social situations and then being filled with anxiety and regret the next day. And I'm not going to go back to trying to find validation in guys. You know, those are all things that I was using to cope um, when I was at that threshold of adulthood initially, um, you know, about, you know, six years ago. But the truth is that 
I'm still very much learning and growing and it's been a big year for me in a lot of different ways. A lot of things that I struggle with, um, I've been really having to deal with head on and, and yeah, I haven't been using those coping mechanisms like drinking or, you know, relationships with guys or, you know, I have a very kind, generous, loving boyfriend who I've been with for a few years now. And he, um, last May, he went out to Montana to be a forest firefighter for a season. So he was gone from May until I think he got back like the day before Halloween or something. And I also moved out of my parents' house for the first time at the age of 27. I got my first apartment after I got, you know, like a job promotion. And and those are all kind of big things for me as a, as an individual, as much as when I first graduated from college, I said that I wanted to be on my own and I wished that I could move out and, you know, I was going through a breakup and, and it was a breakup that I, I pretty much initiated. But the truth is that I was terrified to be alone and I often am terrified to be alone. And that's one of the things about anxiety that sucks is that it, I feel like it robs me of my solitude and it robs me of company sometimes because I think there's a difference between solitude and loneliness. You know, solitude to me is about being comfortable being alone and even taking pleasure in it and being rejuvenated by it. And anxiety can really rob me of that because there's nothing more vulnerable, I think, when you're anxious. Well, except maybe being surrounded by a huge crowd of people. (laughs) But, you know, the best thing for a lot of people when they're anxious is to be with like one or two people, like one person or a small group of people that you really love and trust and you know that they love and trust you and you feel safe. But I am an introvert. I do want my alone time, but anxiety just robs me of the comfort and the ease and the pleasure and the restfulness of being alone because my mind goes in a million directions of all the things that could go wrong while I'm alone here, you know. And it also robs me of company sometimes because it's very hard to be present with other people when you are obsessing over things in your head or when you are so hypersensitive to every sensation in your body or when you feel like you can't sit still. And, And I hate that. And, you know, it's Lent started recently. And I've talked in the podcast in the past about kind of my difficult, complicated relationship to... Catholicism in particular and just religion and spirituality in general, but sometimes I find it helpful to observe certain traditions or rituals. Um, And for Lent, I said, you know, I'm going to give up Googling health stuff, like health symptoms, because I have a lot of health anxiety. That's where my anxiety has landed in this season and where it has often landed in the past is just obsessing over certain symptoms and and it be, but being afraid of, you know, I'm the type that is avoidant. So I'll avoid going to the doctor, you know, or then when I do go, anything that, that registers as abnormal in some way, or unless the exam is like, okay, 100% perfectly fine. Um, I catastrophize, I go to worst case scenario. And, um, the, the hard thing about 
health anxiety like that is that you feel like a prisoner in your own body. You feel like you're going to go out of your mind because you're not safe in your own skin. Um, Every single little sensation that you feel in your body becomes a potential catastrophe. And I think for me, it's like such, it's so hard to feel like I can't trust myself. I can't trust myself to know when a symptom is caused by anxiety or when it's causing anxiety, when it's something that, you know, it's just like, you know, we all have sensations and and things here and there that come up that aren't huge problems. But, but then when is, when is it, when do you, do I need to seek help? And, and if I even, when you do go to a doctor, um, there's, it's an art, you know, medicine's an art and treatment is not always cut and dry and you have to make choices about the treatment you think is best for you. And a lot of my anxiety has to do with not trusting myself and wanting to be perfect and wanting to do things perfectly and not wanting to make a mistake and wanting to be above criticism and blame and wanting to be good and pleasing and just easy. And so even when it comes to my health and my body, it's like I see it as somehow my failing if my body isn't just perfect. You know, if my blood pressure isn't perfect, if I'm having an issue that isn't resolving on its own or or whatever, it's like, oh no, you know, now I'm not, <laughs> what have I done to cause this? What did I do wrong? What or what did what should I have done or not done to avoid this, you know, as if I could control everything and and oh no, now this doctor, this nurse is gonna see me as a problem or an inconvenience and oh no, now I have to decide for myself how I wanna proceed from here. It's exhausting and um and I'm just sharing this because I don't know, I think There must be people out there that feel like this too in some way or another, whether it's health anxiety or something else. And I know that it's helped me in the past when I've heard people describing their experience and when I've been like, yes, I totally get that. I feel that too. And I'm so happy to know I'm not the only one. And, And it's like, I can know so many things intellectually. Like I can know intellectually so many people struggle with anxiety. And yet it still feels sometimes like I'm the only broken person on the planet who's walking around and feeling like this. And and I don't mean that in like a no one else is suffering, but just like in a, yeah, I'm just the worst. I'm just weak. I'm just defective. Everyone else can do X, Y, and Z. And part of, you know, there's been different things that I've been doing to work on how I'm feeling and to try to to feel better, you know, including therapy. And um, one really positive physical thing has been um, I started going to physical therapy because I had some sort of like hip strain and this back pain and tightness. And I've been thinking about physical therapy for a while now because for about three or four years, I was commuting in the car upwards of two hours a day and sitting at a desk in between and I think it really did a number on me and I already kind of had like weak knees and things like that so I've been thinking about it for a long time I finally started and it's been so helpful because 
for one, I'm in less pain, but then also like I'm more able to actually exercise and move my body and get some of this energy out and channel it. And um, I think that's been really helpful. But another thing that's been helpful has just been admitting to people around me that I'm not okay <laughs> and not trying to keep a brave face and not trying to pretend like everything's fine. And that's actually been really hard for me because again, intellectually, I know there's nothing to be ashamed of. And if someone came to me and said the same thing, you know, I, I think I would respond with compassion or I have when people have told me how they're feeling, but I've realized that deep down, I must still associate anxiety with weakness as much as I want to say that I don't, I must, because that's how I've been feeling about myself and so it's been so interesting like to turn to my in the past if I was feeling really anxious and I was you know say my boyfriend and I were just hanging out making dinner and I'm feeling really anxious about something and I feel ashamed of that because it's stupid because what I'm feeling anxious about is something like did I undercook this chicken am I going to get salmonella and you know I'm, I'm poking and prodding at the chicken and trying to decide is this too pink you know but this is all happening in my head because I don't want to seem weak and like an idiot to him but lately I've just been able to take a breath and say to him I don't know why but I'm feeling really anxious right now so I just need to take a breath you know and he's not really an anxious type so I've always felt like extra silly but he's been so understanding and so kind about it and it helps because in the past I would have just snapped at him I would have gotten irritated at him for something when really I was irritated at myself or I was just I was just anxious. You know, I was supposed to go on a work trip to Portland, Oregon, and I have been really anxious about this for months now because I get anxious traveling and flying and um I've just been, you know, I've really been trying to to do all these things to to get better, you know in time for this trip and finally this week you know we're two weeks out from the trip and I just had to sit down with my boss and say like I'm so sorry but I am struggling I'm struggling with my physical health and I'm struggling with my mental health and I I don't want it to affect my work and I don't and I want to be reliable and I don't want to cause anyone inconvenience but I don't think that I can go on this trip right now. I think I have to know my limits. And it was so hard. My heart was like pounding before this conversation. I felt like I was going to faint because I just, it's so hard to know like what is acceptable to tell your boss. I have a really, really nice boss, you know, a really compassionate person. And, and my, my other close coworker, so compassionate and they both were so wonderful to me and so understanding and I'm so grateful because I know that's not the case for everybody you know and it was really hard for me to say I don't think I can go on this trip because I don't like letting people down and I also don't like quitting or giving up or giving in to fear you know I really don't like that um and I kind of made a deal with myself. I said, okay, 
I don't want to go back to avoiding a lot of things because of anxiety and missing out on life and letting people down and all of these things. I don't want to make my world smaller and smaller and smaller. But I also need to remove some things from my plate so that I can focus on, on you know, still being able to go to work every day and do my best and be present in my relationships and do things that I enjoy and get a handle on myself again. I made a deal with myself like, okay, if I don't go on this trip, I have to make these two doctor's appointments that I've been avoiding because I can't just let myself fall deeper and deeper into this hole, this black hole of giving into my fears. But if I remove something from my plate, I have to give myself these actions to make more strides towards lessening my anxiety. And I have to continue to do the things that I've been doing to try to, you know, to try to feel better. And like I said, like movement has been really helpful. And being honest with the closest people around me has been really helpful. And you know, like something else has just been reading novels. Like I I mentioned in the last episode with Erica Carter, the author of the novel Lucky You, that I hadn't been reading a lot of novels in the past few years. And as a kid, I I loved that so much. And I think there have been times in the past few years where I've been so obsessed with like, I guess, self-awareness and growth and things like that and analyzing things and intellectualizing all of it that sometimes I forget about just doing things for the sheer enjoyment and pleasure and trusting that all of that is part of, it is part of that growth and awareness. And, you know, I just sank into two novels um, last month that I, one was, um, my grandmother asked me to tell you she's sorry by Frederick Bachman. And the other was an American marriage by Tayari Jones. Um, pretty different, but both like so, such good stories, so well told. And, you know, the thing that, that really helped me in reading them was when I was a kid, I used to to think of it a lot as escaping in stories. And this kind of like, yes, there was that element of like taking myself out of my own story for a little bit and, and entering and observing these stories in a way that was, you know, like a good distraction. But to be honest, more than that, like it, it was helpful to feel it was emotionally cathartic to like cry. Like I cried reading these books, you know, like regularly and it was cathartic to feel that emotion. And also like both of these books kind of speak to the complexities of being human and none of the characters are perfect in them. And there was something just really soothing about being an observer and being in the heads of these characters who are going through their own struggles and, you know, processing these different emotions and like opening up my own emotional channels to feelings other than just anxiety, you know, feeling things like sadness and happiness and um, opening that channel and also just like really feeling that the common humanity of 
of life is messy and complicated and no one is all good or all bad or all perfect. And that's just how it is, you know? I think a big part of this journey for me is going to be that piece of like accepting that I am just a human being like everyone else who is not perfect and that life just can't be done perfectly. There's there's no one perfect way and that my body isn't perfect, but it's doing a really good job, you know, and I'm so grateful and so lucky to be here and to have all that I do. I think when I first graduated from college, um, almost six years ago now, I was on the brink of adulthood and I really ran from it and I I found all these different coping mechanisms to try to not feel things that I was feeling and to try to kind of avoid situations that I wanted to avoid. And then for the next few years, I kind of found a way to be somewhat safe in the middle. Like I still, you know, there were, there, there were still a lot of steps I hadn't taken on my own yet. And I think now I'm actually on this brink of, I'm in my, my own place now and I'm a lot more settled in my job and in my role there and I'm further into a relationship than I've been before and I'm not running from that and, you know, I'm still kind of figuring out what it means to be an adult in a family unit where, you know, I have my parents and my older sister and now I'm an aunt to nieces and nephews and I still have younger siblings um, at home and figuring out my role there and I think it's a time where I'm really learning what it means to accept my true self to really accept myself for who I am not who I think other people want me to be not who not some ideal version that I'm trying to live up to in my head, but learning to accept who I actually am, to trust myself, to forgive myself, you know, for not being perfect, and to really accept that mistakes are just part of the whole thing, and that's okay, and none of this is going to be perfect, and painless, but that there is a lot of joy to be found and there's so much richness in life. There's so much to uncover and discover and there's so much for me to create too. And I've been struggling with this episode because I've thought like, well, in all the other episodes I've had guests on where I've just, and I've been trying to you know, get some wisdom from them and then offer it out to other people too. And, and this whole, you know, for the past month, I've just felt like I have nothing to offer anyone. I don't have wisdom. I, you know, I'm just slipping back into this pattern. I'm slipping back into this state that I was in when I was 15 and had first started having panic attacks and, you know, 
what do I have to offer anyone? (laughs) Because some days it does feel like hell. Some days it does feel like it's never going to be better, you know? Some days it feels like totally overwhelming and I feel stuck and but I think that's what I have to offer right now is to say that sometimes we take two steps forward and a step back and three steps forward and five steps back and sometimes we get off the road entirely and we get lost in the forest for a little bit and then eventually we find our way out again you know I think and I hope and sometimes I have to turn to someone that I love and who loves me and say like is it you really think it's going to be okay you know and they say yes and then I remember to say that to myself and yeah there are all sorts of things we can do to try to work with anxiety you know there's all sorts of exercise and therapy and meditation and medication and all sorts of stuff and there's lots of podcast episodes out there (laughs) Uh, I just listened to two episodes of the Robcast that were really good about anxiety Um, but this one is just to say that um, sometimes you get you know It feels for me like treading water in the ocean and then I get pulled under and I'm struggling and then I break through the surface and I get a gulp of air and then I get pulled under again, you know, and that's just kind of how things are right now and hopefully I'm heading to a place where I spend more time above water and part of me was struggling with how to do this episode too because I was like well I don't know I don't have wisdom to offer right now and I also I don't I don't want it to sound like a cry for help you know I don't I I have you know my family and friends and therapists and doctors um so it's really just to say that if you're feeling like this in some way that you're not alone and you're not the only one and I know for me, sometimes that's enough. It is not a straightforward road, you know. Just today, I was feeling really good in the morning and most of the afternoon. And then sometime around late afternoon, early evening, I just started to not feel so good again. And I didn't, you know, I don't know why. And then the trick is trying not to get pulled into, oh no, 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 here we go again. Some days I use all the tools that I have in my back pocket to try to, you know, work with the anxiety and and try to get the energy out and, and try to get down to the root of it and all, you know, I wake up and I do my, do centering prayer for 20 minutes and I exercise for 40 minutes and I eat a healthy breakfast and I get to work and I stay focused and I don't Google, you know. (laughs) And then other days I just, I I just don't, you know. And that's part of it. And that's okay. I have to cut myself a break. We all need to cut ourselves a break sometimes. Because we can start to weaponize, you know, 
self-care against ourselves too, if we're not careful. I really want to leave you with something. Like, I would love to just give you a hug. Um, I'll, I'll leave you with this. I've mentioned Pema Chodron, like, in probably every episode. <laughs> She's a Buddhist nun. And I have CDs of talks that she's given. And one of the talks she says she was at a Buddhist wedding ceremony. And the monk who was marrying the couple, he said to them, Pain is not a punishment. Pleasure is not a reward. Kindness. 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 I think about that a lot because I do often think in terms of pain being a punishment, you know, the result of something I've done wrong and pleasure being a reward. Like all of it is about control. If I just do this and if I just don't do this and it turns into a blame game and it, and it turns into feeling guilty and ashamed and bad and and there's no kindness in it. It's so hard for me to be kind to myself. Pain is not a punishment. Pleasure is not a reward. Kindness. 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 Thank you so much for listening to the Perennials Podcast. I'm Victoria Russell. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Share it with a friend and leave a review on iTunes, which really helps other people find the podcast. You can follow along on Instagram at Perennials Podcast and feel free to send me an email at perennialspodcast at gmail.com. That's P-E-R-E-N-N-I-A-L-S podcast. I'd love to hear from you. The song you're hearing now is I Orbit a Moon by Paul Finn.